the name of one God, who is the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I've made some questionable decisions over the years, and some of which I I flinch from embarrassment when I remember them, and one such decision took place uh, my sophomore year in college. It was um, public speaking was one of the courses that I was taking at the time, and uh, for our first assignment, they they started off easy. We were supposed to give a a five-minute talk, the classic introduction, three points, and conclusion, and, and in my wisdom, I thought, you know what, I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. I'm going to go ahead and address um, some of the stuff that we're studying in philosophy, and I'll go ahead and turn it into a, a, a public speech, and I'll just go ahead and say knock out, it's pretty wise, I'm just going to knock out two birds with one stone. And, and what I chose to um, address was, um, if God is good, why is there so much suffering? And you can imagine it went great, um, you know. <laughs> Five minutes, we were clear, and um, thankfully, um, the teacher and the class and sort of the, you know, the, the critique, which inevitably followed after, they were, they were pretty gracious. They didn't have to say a whole lot, I knew. Um, I'd bitten off more than I could chew. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you very much. It's a shame I didn't save um, those notes, because we could be done in five minutes, um, had I, and I could have uh, clarified things for you. Well, I bring that up because uh, I'm... I'm ready to begin to address it again. And, and this morning, I invite you to reflect with me uh, on, uh, on the presence of suffering uh, in our lives, but also on the greater good news which is made available to you and to me um, through the gospel. And the reason I bring that up is not simply because of the inevitable presence of suffering in all of our lives, but also it's a, it's a very real topic um, that Paul addresses very specifically in his letter to the Corinthians. Among the things um, that he was addressing in that letter to the people were the false accusations that had been made um, against him, as often happened with Paul after establishing the church, after sharing the gospel with the church and continuing on on his missionary journeys, various false teachers would come in behind him and try to um, sway people away from the truth. And among the accusations that were being made against Paul um, were these, that uh, his faith was not genuine, his gospel um, was not genuine. He couldn't truly be one loved by God and sent by God. He couldn't truly be one filled with the Holy Spirit. And the reason um, they gave for those accusations was the presence of suffering in his life. Uh, He was dealing with basically the the ancient manifestation of health and wealth theology, which in essence says, you know, if if you love God and if you're faithful, then your life will be good and good things will happen to you. But if you don't love God and if you're not faithful, uh, of course, bad things will happen. You will have um, suffering in your life. And of course, Paul says uh, that nothing could be further from the truth. And he begins to address that for the people of Corinth. And he holds up to them um, the good news And the assurance which we have, which are made available to you and to me um, through Jesus Christ and through what he has accomplished once and for all on our behalf through the cross and the resurrection. Paul knew the contentment, he knew the certainty, he knew the assurance uh, of the gospel in his life regardless um, of the suffering which he experiences. Why he's able to write um, to the people and speak about the reality that we do not lose heart because we know um, that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with him and bring us into his presence. He was able to 
extend to them the grace made available um, in Jesus Christ to encourage them to not lose heart. And as we reflect on that this morning, I'm going back to the um, three points. And what I would like to share with you this day, what I invite you to reflect with me on, um, are these things. And the first is that suffering uh, is, yes, um, very much a part of our life. Uh, and as such, that's, that's not news to you, but when we realize that suffering is a part of this life, we don't have to be surprised, we don't have to be undone when suffering comes our way. And the second thing to share this morning is the reality that God is not absent from us in our suffering. In fact, it's often during our times of suffering, during our times uh, of trial, that God is so very powerful, so very present, so very known to us. During those times of suffering, he is not absent, but in fact, he enters into it. And then finally, uh, is this, um, that though we acknowledge the presence of suffering in our lives, though the scriptures acknowledge the presence of suffering in the Christian's life, uh, the ultimate good news is that it is by no means the final word. Um, God alone um, has the final word. God alone holds out the final word, which is one of hope, which is one of assurance, which is one uh, of good news. I came across recently um, an interview um, with Mary Carr. Uh, y'all might be familiar. I was not familiar with her before. She is uh, a, a well-known poet, but she's also written um, numerous memoirs as well. And she was being interviewed as part of a writer's symposium. And among the memoirs she's written are The Liar's Club, um, Cherry and Lit are the three memoirs. And in the process of this interview, when they were talking with her about... Uh, writing memoirs, she, uh, she was asked about James Frey and his memoir, A Million Little Pieces. And of course, y'all are all familiar with Oprah Book Club. Um, and so you remember, of course, um, that was a great month, wasn't it? You remember James Frey when that was the Oprah Book Club recommendation. Well, long story short, what happened was, was this. James Frey wrote this uh, memoir. Well, it turns out it was really more fiction um, than memoir. He sort of uh, pumped up his uh, experiences and his struggles uh, and his trials and his sufferings uh, in his life to make them seem more um, fantastic. And in addressing that, uh, what Mary Carr had to say, I thought, was particularly insightful and pertinent to what we're talking about um, this morning. And, and one of the things that she said was that his making up lies for his memoir was unnecessary. And she went on to say this, the most privileged comfortable person in this auditorium from the best family has already suffered the torments of the damned. I don't think any of us get off this planet without suffering enormously. And one of the chief ways we suffer is by loving people who are incredibly limited by the fact that they're human beings and they're going to disappoint us and break our hearts and you're going to hope your parents show up or your parents, no matter how great their marriage was, was at some point uh, it trembled in its foundations and it was terrifying. And you fell in love with someone who didn't fall in love with you back or whatever. Um, we're all heartbroken. It's the human condition. And I think she um, has a, a tremendous um, insight there not to sort of uh, dwell uh, in the negative, not to dwell in the suffering. But I think she is absolutely on target and insightful in talking about it's entirely a part of the human condition uh, because we're sinful, flawed, broken people. Um, because we're in relationships with sinful, flawed, um, broken people, that inevitably um, all of us, regardless of how uh, seemingly comfortable or fabulous our families or backgrounds are, 
um, we suffer. It is very much a part um, of the human condition. Uh, And so first we recognize that as the scripture recognizes the presence of suffering in our lives. Jesus said in this world um, you'll have trouble. But we also recognize the fact that God is not absent from us uh, in our suffering. But in fact um, he enters into it. Uh, Paul addresses that as well as he writes um, to the church in Corinth. And he speaks about um, the reality that yes um, we are in a world and we are in um, bodies um, that are wasting away. But yet, even as they're wasting away, he says, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. Uh, He says, for this reason, we do not lose heart. Though our outward nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed every day. For this slight, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. We have the assurance in what Paul shares with the Corinthians, what Paul knew in his own life, both uh, in Theory, but also in very real experience as well. We have the entire witness of the scriptures. We have Jesus, the word incarnate, God made flesh who comes forth into the world. We know unmistakably that God is not distant from us in our suffering, but he has entered into it and shares it with us. He is a man of sorrows. He is acquainted um, with grief. We see that Jesus knew physical suffering. He certainly experienced that and a scourging in the cross which he bore for you and for me. We see and we know that he knew the suffering of betrayal by family and friends, as in his hour of greatest need he was forsaken by those closest to him. He knew uh, as well the suffering of being misunderstood and rejected, as the people he came to save repeatedly um, did not receive him, as he longed to gather them. You remember his words as he approaches Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. He knew um, the suffering of being misunderstood and rejected. And he knew spiritual suffering as he took upon himself the full weight of the sins of the whole world, yours and my sins, as he bore them upon the cross, as he experienced temporarily that separation from God as a result of bearing the sins of the world, as he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We see that Jesus um, was acquainted with suffering, that he entered um, into it, that he bore it for us. He became flesh. He became weak for us. He became um, vulnerable for us. We see the reality of the suffering. We see the assurance that God is not distant from us in it, that he's entered into it. And also, we finally see the ultimate word of hope and assurance and good news is that suffering um, does not have the final word. The final word is not given to you and to me. The final word is not given to suffering. The final word is given to Jesus, crucified and risen, who's defeated the powers of sin and death, who's risen victorious from the grave, who has extended to you and to me his love, his grace, his mercy, but who has also um, extended to us the assurance of his presence in our lives uh, and that he will sustain us, that his power is in fact made perfect in our weakness. I share one final um, quote with you in this is from a woman who, at 27, um, became a breast cancer survivor. And she writes these words, it was something which was um, in Christianity Today. She said this, As I've watched my messy yet beautiful life unfold in Portland, I've learned to see God's presence in it, not only in what he gave me, but what, in what he allowed to be taken away. Sometimes it takes a catastrophe to strip away our assumptions and our sense of security. Sometimes having nothing left to lose gives us an incredible freedom 
to take a risk we are too afraid or too comfortable to take before. The Christ we worship is not only with those who are successfully ruling over cities, he's also with the ostracized lepers and the broken-hearted cancer patients who are weeping just outside the gates. And in our pain and isolation, he's calling us to surrender everything we wanted, to release our grip on everything we thought we needed, so that he can give us himself instead. I don't know that I'll ever believe my cancer was a gift, but as I've watched God exchange my temporary losses for his eternal joy, I've seen beauty emerge from ashes. I've seen strength unfold from weakness. I've seen his painful yet patient mercy working in me just beneath the scars, just outside the gate. Yes, there is the presence um, of suffering, but we have the certain assurance that Jesus has not only entered into it, but he's borne it on our behalf. And he extends to you and to me um, the riches of his love and his grace and his mercy, which nothing in all of creation can take away from us. And we can be assured, along with Paul, that we do not need to lose heart, though our outward nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed every day for the slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Thanks be to God.